In this FT News podcast, Financial Times editor Lionel Barber and Janan Ganesh, the FT's political commentator, discuss the UK Conservative government's recent defeat over welfare payments. The Conservative government has suffered a rare defeat in the House of Lords on economic policy. This is a rare setback too for George Osborne, supposedly the most powerful member in the government alongside David Cameron. Janan Ganesh, our political commentator at the Financial Times, here to discuss this. Now, what exactly uh, is this about, this, this particular problem around tax cuts and tax credits? Uh, George Osborne wanted to cut tax credits. These are welfare benefits for people in work but not earning a lot of money, based roughly on the earned income tax credits that Bill Clinton introduced a generation ago. And the House of Lords, the second chamber, said, actually, this is going to penalise too many people, at the very least delay it and come up with some transitional arrangements to compensate these uh, low-paid workers. George Osborne says that's constitutionally problematic. The House of Lords is usually not meant to uh, conflict with the government on a financial matter like this, especially so soon after an election. But really, the policy has been controversial for many weeks and this has been coming for a long time. We'll deal with the constitutional question in a minute. But in terms of savings, it's about, what, four billion pounds? About four and a uh, half savings. billion, yeah. And George Osborne believes this is necessary to not just close the deficit, but to achieve a fiscal surplus by the end of the teens, by the end of this decade. Um, but the other problem with this is that it particularly affects lower paid people. Yeah, and the, the Tories have spent recent uh, months portraying themselves as the workers' party. They actually use that phrase. On the side of the strivers. Yes, and especially on the side of people who may not be on a lot of money, like a, a, your classical stereotypical Tory voter, someone who works hard is just about getting by. And the problem with the tax credit cuts is that it, it, it works against that message. £24,000 a year, £30,000 a year, maybe $45,000 a year, is, that, is yes. that what we're talking about in terms of earnings? Yes, and it, and it sounds like it's not a lot of money. So you, you read a newspaper and it'll say a typical household might lose £20 a week. That's a hell of a lot of money if you're living on a margin. And uh, the Conservatives' ancient problem, and in many ways George Osborne's personal problem, is the perception that he doesn't comprehend and the Tories don't comprehend what it's like to really have to struggle week to week. And this is why this uh, policy setback is more damaging than your typical policy setback, because it reinforces a negative perception, perception that the party has been uh, labouring under for many years. And why did he do it then? Was it a, a, a desire to eliminate the last remnants of Brownism? This was a policy after all these earned income tax credits drawn up by Gordon Brown in the previous Blair-Brown era. Yes, there was, there was a purely fiscal reason, which is that it does save a fair chunk of money. He needs to make £12 billion of welfare cuts, and this is a good third of all of that. But yes, there's something beyond that, which is that he wants a different kind of state to the one that Gordon Brown designed uh, more than a decade ago. Uh, Gordon Brown directly inserted the government into people's households by topping up their incomes if they were in work but not on a lot of money. George Osborne thinks it's the job of business to pay people more and thereby reducing the burden on the state to support their income. So in July in the budget, he introduced a minimum wage, higher minimum wage, and he thought that would offset the, the tax credit cuts. That was the trade-off, wasn't it? Make Precisely. the savings on these tax credits but actually inflate wages. Uh, and there were some uh, concerns about that, particularly in the retail sector, where 
you've really seen a, something of a jobs revolution in the last few years. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the very least, the concern was your average employer might think, rather than take on a new worker at higher cost, I'm going to just uh, get more efficiency from my existing staff so people don't get jobs. But the bigger concern was that even people who did receive the national minimum wage wouldn't be fully compensated for the tax credits they lost. And so there was a big statistical argument going on recently, and that was why the policy became more and more controversial. And what about the constitutional issue here? You had the House of Lords supposedly overruling the House of Commons on a finance matter. Yeah, this is where George Osborne does have quite a strong point. It's, been, uh, it's, it's unconventional, to say the least, for this kind of thing to happen. In the interviews he gave last night and this morning, he keeps stressing unelected lords defying an elected government on a big financial matter. Now, there have been idle threats about the Tories stuffing the Lords with hundreds of new peers to get their way. I can't believe they do that. To get the majority, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a rich history in Britain of prime ministers stuffing the Lords to get their way. Uh, Lloyd George did it at the best part of 100 years ago. It's so provocative. It would only make the, the Lords an even more comical institution than it is now. But is the House of Lords reform really on the, on the agenda, given you've got... Devolution in Scot or Scotland is a still a constitutional issue to be resolved. Then you've got the EU referendum probably next year. I think you're, you're right to be sceptical. I wonder, though, that if after a few years the laws just becomes absolutely laughable, and it's getting there, you know, just 800-plus lords, unelected, weird mix of bishops and supposed experts, if it becomes so preposterous, then maybe um, something happens. But the, the technicalities of doing it, of getting the lords to vote for their own abolition, is, uh, seems impossible to overcome in the short term. So, George Osborne, big setback this week. Uh, what's he going to do? And does it uh, in any way, in your view, endanger his chances of being the next Prime Minister? What he's going to do is find a way of compensating these workers before November 25th. That's the next big date, is the spending review, where he goes before Parliament. Uh, it's very technically and fiscally difficult to do it, but I think you'll find some way. I think it has bruised him quite a lot, actually. After three or four years' time, will we remember it? Probably not. But this Tory leadership race is sort of almost active day to day, and it's a big setback compared to where he was in the summer. Janan Ganesh, good to talk. Thank you. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.